Those of you who were there last week, part one, you remember an introduction to the issue of authority. We looked at how to thrive in authority by looking at the seven levels or seven different uh, dimensions of authority. For those of you who can remember, we said, according to Romans 13, there are higher authorities, meaning there are also lower authorities. And the higher authorities, we say there are three. There is imperial authority, which consists of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, while at the same time, there is the vericious authority, or, the, or authority of truth, or simply the Word of God. And again, we said under the same category of higher authorities, we have your conscience. Lower authorities, we said there are four. Number one, we talked about functional authority, where we look at people who are specialized in a particular area. For example, a policeman has an authority on the road, while the doctor has an authority in the medical field or in the hospital. The policeman will never be in charge of the hospital, though he has a gun, while the doctor will never be in charge of the road, though he has a needle. All these are functional authority. You also looked at cultural authority, authorities to do with it, different cultures, different settings of culture. At the same time, we also looked at what we call, um, uh, what we call the, the contractual authority, authority of what is written, like the Constitution, your lease agreements, your company uh, memorandum of, of, of understanding and all these things. These are contractual authority. Lastly, but not least, we looked at delegated authority. Where are we looking at father in the house is the head of the house. A pastor is the head, you know, on behalf of God in the church. And all these people, police commissioners, all these people like the president, all these are delegated authority. Today, we want to look at something deeper, if you will be interested in something deeper. Do you want something deeper? Today, we are looking at the geography of authority. The geography of authority. Authority operates in different geographies, and we need to discern which geography of authority is this. Are we ready? Now, there is a scripture we quoted last time. It is found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 9, where the centurion gave Jesus a very brief speech, a speech that left him amazed. And the Lord Jesus, for the first time, commended a Gentile, not because the Gentile had performed a miracle, not because the Gentile had achieved so much great feat, but because the Gentile had exercised great faith. How did he exercise faith? And this is something that is going to open your eyes. He exercised faith by understanding authority and how authority works. This man simply told Jesus the following, and I quote in uh, Matthew 8 verse 9, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Three different people. And we want to look at them briefly, then expound on other people, and expand on other people, then we'll be done. When we talk about 
the geography of authority, I want us first of all to understand the positions different authorities occupy. Some occupy what we call immediate position, while others occupy a distant position, while others occupy a far position. And I will explain briefly. I repeat, one group occupies an immediate position of authority, while another group occupies a slightly distant position, while another group occupies a far position. The centurion said something that I want us to look at. The centurion talked about my servant, meaning these people are close, they are intimate. When he coughs like this, the servant is there. The servant was like a bodyguard. So the first authority we see is that of an immediate authority or my servant kind of authority. After that, he talks about this man, meaning there was a this in the distant. But he was not immediate, he was distant. So this guy is told, come. Why does he receive the instruction to come? Because he's a bit far. While the servant is told, do this, and he does it because he is immediate. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding? One person does not need to be told to come. He is already arrived. He is there. While another is a bit far, so he has to be told, come, and he comes. But finally, there is another group we call another. Another man is told, go, and he goes. I repeat again, this man go, he goes, another come, he comes, and my servant do this, and he does it. One of the reasons why people have not been able to see authority in their lives is because they forget to discern the geography. You think this is your servant, but in the real sense, he is another. You think this is another, but in the real sense, he is your servant. He is intimate to you. He is close to you. Why do you think this one must be called, but he cannot be called, because he cannot even hear when you call him? These are the things I want us to look at. They may look complicated, but when we understand them, our faith will go to another level. And the achievement and the results we will be able to produce in our lives will not be the same, even as we cross the year. To understand these three people, allow me to use three disciples of Jesus. There were three disciples that we all know, if we turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 16, and then we jump to verse 19. talks about something. Mark chapter 1 verse 16 says, Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James and John, son of Zebedee, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending they are net. These three ended up becoming the inner cabinet of Jesus. If you wanted some things done, you needed to run by these three people. 
Now we need to understand them in the context of my servant, in the context of this one, and in the context of another. When we understand these three, we will have a perspective that will elevate our faith. When Jesus met Peter, Peter was not singing. Peter was not praying. Peter was not even worshipping. The Bible says Peter was casting the net. When he met John and his brother James, they were also not casting nets. My version says they were mending nets. Later on he met a man I want to introduce later, but allow me to introduce him now, called Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was not dealing with any net. Saul of Tarsus was traveling. Saul of Tarsus was on a mission to a different foreign country. When these three were combined eventually, the New Testament took shape. And by the time they were done, this Bible was done. To understand these three is to understand New Testament authority. One man will be casting nets. Another will be mending nets. While another will be traveling. Another will be going. What is the meaning of this? When we look at the book of Acts, chapter 2, Peter spiritually threw the net. And according to you who read your Bible, how many guys got saved at a go? 3,000. 3,000 got people, 3,000 people got saved at a go. The next time in Acts chapter 4, he threw the net, and the Bible says 5,000 people got saved. There is a way Jesus could depend on Peter to get big things done at once. As a result, he became my servant. He became the chief apostle. How do you realize that this person you think is my servant is really your servant? How do you identify a person to be at the level of my? Look at the results they get for you. If it is quick, instant results, that is a person to put near you. Are you understanding me? When Jesus discovers that Peter is not a time waster, Peter is a go-getter, Peter will stand and by the time he's done, there will be drama and results. The Lord decided to keep him close and made him the chief apostle. Not all people are chief in your life. Not all people are to be chief in your life. You have to look at the results that they produce. Immediately Peter discovers these people want to arrest Jesus. Did he cry? He did not cry. Did he even pray? He did not pray. What happened? He took the sword, went for the neck of the guy. But Mbaya, he got the ears. That was my servant. You don't call. He responds before you call. There are people you must write to them an email. There are people you must wait for them for three days to give you results. Those ones do not bring to the level of my servant. Do not think they are very close. These ones are a bit far. Look for the ones who do not miss when results are needed. And bring them close to you. Praise the Lord. The centurion discovers that he has three people. 
But one is close, another is distant, while another is very far. This one who was very far was not useless. He was just far. But the one who was close was meant to occupy an inner place because he produced quick results. I met a girl two weeks ago in a restaurant. And she was blushing and, and laughing and giggling because she had found my boyfriend, the way they put it. So she had this photo she wanted to show me of my boyfriend, the one who is going to marry me. I told her, my sister, do you want me to flatter you and to encourage you or to tell you the truth as a man of God? She told me, tell me the truth, but he's a nice guy. Then he began giving me, she began giving me qualities which I did not need to hear. I told her, good. So you call her, you call him my boyfriend. I'm about to prove to you he's not my boyfriend. So I asked her, number one, are you aware this guy does not like to be hygienic? Because I'm seeing him, and you know it is true, he does not wash his mouth. <laughs> number two, are you aware, though you know it, that when he goes to the washroom, he does not use his tissue. He believes that you go there and you go out without, you know, wiping yourself. He told me, yeah, I've been hearing that funny smell. You mean, that is the reason why. But I, I told her, but you say he is mine. So you understand him. She said, then that is another person I do not know. I told her, wait, wait, wait. Are you aware that the man is only a smooth talker? He is a professional talker. But in his heart, he is far away from you. Only his mouth is sweet. He told me, yeah, every day he calls me with these beautiful words, which I feel are hollow. I told her now, is, it, is he still my boyfriend or another man? She told me this is another man. This lady thought this guy is close. So he was, she was beginning to handle him like somebody close. And to talk about him like somebody close. And to look up to him like somebody close. But he was not, she was not aware this was another. This man and her were still far away in terms of knowing one another. Of course, I didn't give her the matching orders. I told her, give, give him time. He may change. Though in my heart, I know the guy is not going to change. I have my servant, the centurion is saying. Then I have another. And many people have made mistakes because they brought another to the position of my you meet somebody, he looks nice, he looks spiritual, he looks like he talks well, and now you think you know him. Now you think he can be your prayer partner. Now you think he can be your business partner. But according to the position he is occupying, he is just another. Another of the talkers. Another of the eloquent guys. Another is just another. Do you know that the bodyguard and the master must always sleep in the same room. The other day we went to see some restaurant and we were shown what we call a presidential suit. And we asked, what is this extra room for? We were told that one is for the bodyguards to sleep. 
And we ask, even if the wife and the man is there, yes, even if the wife and the man are there spending the night, these people must just be next door, watching them doing everything. Oh, thank God there are no babies here. Now, the Bible says, this is my servant. Meaning, we are so close, we are like a couple. Wherever I go, he goes. Whatever I eat, he eats. When I pay for a room, I also pay for him. This man understood authority. No wonder there are instructions he could give to this my servant that he could not give to another. Ask yourself even as you are listening to this message. Are you at that point with some of these people you consider close? To an extent you can share your bedroom with them. Are you at that level where you can share anything with this particular person? Or you still need to understand who they are? The geography of authority. The next person we are looking at now that at least you have understood my servant is this man. This man. The Bible says, I said to this man, go, and he goes. To be in authority, you need to discern your needs and put your needs to the right person. Again, you need to discern your errands. Somebody say errands. You need to discern your errands and discern who to put into those errands. When we say go, it means there is a what? An errand. And not everybody must run your errands. There are people just to keep close. Never send them. They will burn your fingers. There are people just to keep close, but never to delegate to them a mission. They will not do it. They are good with housekeeping, not with outdoor assignments. When a man wants to walk in authority, he must know this is for the house and this is for the outdoor. This is for the, this is for the public. This is for the foreign lands. And one thing I've discovered with Jesus, before he can send a man, even outside, he must prove him on the inside. The Lord will keep you busy in such a local church like this before he can send you to Ghana and send you to Ethiopia or send you to, to, to another place in this nation. He must put you indoors before he discharges you to go outdoors. And sometimes, we read in the book of Proverbs, he who trusts in an unfaithful servant is like, is like putting weight on, a, on a, broken, a broken bone. An unfaithful servant does not just mean this person is bad. It means this person is the wrong man for the job. When you begin to succeed, you will realize there are immediate needs, but after a while you will realize there are outside needs which need outside delegation. This one requires a man we call this man in the geography of authority. Too often we bundle up everybody together. Too often we, we want a jack of all trades. Too often we want people who can multitask. Multitasking is good, but in authority you need to be very, very discriminative. I know of some people, the house girl goes to the bank to bank for them. 
The house girl also goes to the car wash to supervise when the car wash is being washed. And the house girl once in a while goes to the village to take some goods to the village. Before they know it, this house girl begins to be unproductive. Because this girl had a contract with you to serve you in your house. Why are you taking her to the bank? You are exposing her. Why are you taking her to your village while you remain in the city? This is a contradiction of the geography in which authority must operate. There's a day, David had a, a man he loved. He was called Amasa. Amasa was a nephew to David. They had grown up together. David had watched him. David had loved him because he was faithful. So one day, because the general called Joab had really disappointed David, David decided, ah, let me replace Amasa. Let me replace Joab with Amasa. But let me first of all send Amasa to go and gather the people for me to do the ceremony. The Bible says Amasa went and it took longer than it should have taken. By the time he's coming back, Joab met him and killed him. Amasa did not die just because he was a weak man. Amasa died because he was a man who grew indoors with David, who was taken to the field too soon. There are people you don't take to the field too soon. There are people when you meet them in the field, you can do them a favor to tell them, return home fast. Return home fast. Go get grounded fast before you go out. Amasa did not know politics. Job knew politics. As a result, Job killed Amasa. And sometimes we have children whom we love, but we think because they are so good, they are good everywhere. No, our children are only good where God has made them to be at that particular time. There is a time for a child to be indoors. There is a, child to, a time for a child to be outdoors. When the child is meant to be outdoors, they will not need a lot of backup and a lot of protection. The Lord who has arranged for them to be outdoors will take care of them. So this man knows there is a, a servant for outdoors. There is a servant for indoors. But lastly, in this category... Is another we say, is a, a servant we say, another I tell to come. Why does he need to come? Because he's far away. When Jesus began ministry, after going to heaven, he had three disciples he depended on. One of them was called Peter the chief, and we say Peter was my servant. Another was called John, and we are coming to John shortly. But James had a problem. Because we read in Acts chapter, I think, 5, where Herod killed James. So there were only two chief apostles. There was no more number three. Number three was killed. So what does Jesus do? He picked somebody people had no idea about. He picked somebody people could not have voted for. He picked somebody from a distant land. Somebody was not even born in Israel. History tells us Tarsus was in Turkey. Tarsus was not in Israel. So Jesus goes to Turkey and he plucks another. Somebody who was out of the box. And when this man was introduced to the three, the New Testament church was now complete. Sometimes the Lord 
may have occurred you are not aware about. Sometimes the Lord also wants you to have a card your enemies have no idea about. Paul was the card Satan was not expecting. Paul was the card the Gentiles were not expecting. The Gentiles were used to Peter, John, and James. When James was killed, the Gentile church thought, ah, the Gentile people thought, ah, we can no longer receive the church. But God had another card called another. This was Paul. And when Paul was called and equipped and introduced, the game was over. The show was now complete. The problem with many Christians is because they want a complete picture at once. They want the past perfect, they want the present perfect, and they want the future perfect and assured. Yet sometimes for your security, God may hide a few details you may not be aware about. You are used to my, you are used to this, that you can touch and send. But the one who is yet to come, you, are no, you have no idea about. So you begin to be worried. The Bible proves to us, when Paul was called, out of nowhere, out of no formula. The others were called physically and trained physically. But Paul was not called physically. Paul was not trained physically. Authority does not just operate because you are in charge. Authority operates because sometimes you are not in charge, but you are trusting the God who is in charge. Allow me to look at the characteristics of these three people so that you can understand them better. We began by saying Peter was casting the net, John was mending the net, while Paul was doing what? Was traveling. Let us understand these three things. There is the man we said will be a troubleshooter. He will deliver results quickly. This is Peter. But there is one who will perfect the results. He is the mender. His name is John. I repeat. There is one man who will get you quick results. You need 50,000. Get it. You need 100,000. Get it. You need the church full. Get it. But there is one who will go slowly and he will mend the net. He will fix the little places you cannot see. This man is called John. And in our lives and around us, God has always brought us Johns we need to take advantage of. In the book of John chapter 13, we find John sleeping in the chest of Jesus. John was the peaceful guy. John was the slow but sure guy. John was the intimate guy. When you discover who John is and you take advantage of John, you will begin to achieve perfection. In our lives, we have those friends, we have those uncles, we have those relatives who get us quick results. But in our lives also, we have those who go slow. But by the time they are done walking slow, there is perfection. John is also a man in authority. Only that his authority is not loud. His authority is silent. Peter's authority is loud. Even his physical mouth is loud. Peter is the man who takes the prime time in news. But John makes sure that that news is not negative. That news does not destroy. John was the mender. Peter was the caster. However, Paul was totally different. 
listen to me. Authority does not just happen because now you know you are pastor and now you know you are local chief and now you know you are local president. Authority operates when also you understand the geography where God has put you and you submit to that geography. They are quick results people. As you submit to them, you will get quick results. They are slow but sure people. As you submit to them, to them you will get perfection. But there is another group I want us to look at. The group of Paul. The Bible says in, uh, is it Acts chapter, 13, uh, chapter 18, that Paul was a tent maker, not a house builder, not a constructor, a tent maker. Who is a tent maker? A man who helps people who are on the move to move faster. Because these tents were also for living in, some of them were also for traveling. As people are on the camel, they could travel with the tents. Paul was the mobile guy, the guy who is here today and there tomorrow. Paul was very important. I want us to concentrate on Paul for a minute. In authority, there are those who are always on the go. They have new ideas every day. They have new instructions every day. They have new vision every day. They have new instructions and they have new policy every day. What they do today, they don't do tomorrow. And they look confused. They look haphazard. But yet, the results they bring are not a joke. Paul, when you look at his letters, he does not begin with one thought and finish it. He begins with this thought, then go to another one, then goes to another one. And sometimes you wonder, what is Paul saying? That was Paul. For you. Sometimes God will bring to us people who may not really make sense because they are too intense. They are too progressive. They are too, they are too much on the move. If you are not careful, you may lose them. Yet, according to God, you must catch up with them because they are also an authority. For those of you listening keenly, when the Bible began in the book of Acts, it began with Peter. When it went on, it went on with Paul. Because three quarters of the Bible were done with who? With Paul. But when it finishes, it finishes with John. The slow but sure. The advantage of Paul is that you are able to cover too much ground, too fast. You are able to discover new things, too fast. They are Christians, you meet them, they have no discovery. They have no newness, they have no liveliness, they have no progress. Because they are yet to discern who is the Paul in their lives. They are yet to discover who was there to give them a ride of a lifetime. The day you meet your Paul in your life, your dimensions of spiritual things change. Your dimensions of financial things change. Your dimensions of looking at life changes. Everything about you becomes to be speedy and bumpy and new and fresh. When you meet traditional people, you only need to ask them, where is your Paul? Because when the church was handed over to Paul, the church became very progressive and very intense. And the church expanded very fast. Paul was willing to go to places nobody was willing to go to. Pastor Kimani, the problem with the church is because we have killed our Pauls. We have stoned them because they didn't look like they were very quiet and disciplined and good and civilized. Some of you have your Pauls in your children. The children who are always dreaming of going abroad 
and buying a jet and becoming president. And they look reckless, they look careless. But yet, these are the ones when you give them the chance, they will give the family the next shift to the next level. Praise the Lord. I'm a man under authority. The man says, I have this one. I have my servant and I have another. Let's look at the house of Jesse. Look at these three people. Immediately, Eliab, the firstborn of Jesse, stood before Samuel. Samuel said, ah, the Lord's anointed is before him right now. The Lord told him, no. Then the next one came, he said, maybe it is this one. The Lord said, no. Then they came up to number what? Number seven. Till he reached a point, he said, is there another son? And the Bible says, Jesse said, yeah, there's another one, but he's in the field. And Samuel says, send for him to come. Till he comes, we are not sitting down. The Lord spoke to me when I was praying yesterday. He told me to tell some young people here, do not rush to think the person God has for you in marriage is this one. Some of you, the Lord has another. Some of you think marriage will happen because now you can see the man next to you or the woman next to you. But in the real sense, sometimes the Lord plays a wild card. He decides to take another. And the reason some of you are still waiting is because the another may not be what you are planning. He may not be from this tribe and this country. And the Lord is waiting for you to expand your horizon and to believe they are known. Because what he wants to do with your life is not ordinary. Praise the Lord. Authority has geographies. And some people do not obey the geographies because they reduce God to one line of operation. They reduce God to one, one mix. If it does not look like what they are used to, they spit it out. Yet, according to this Bible, the Bible is full of these different apostles I've described to you. Some were just mending nets, others were casting nets, but another did not even have a net to begin with. Because he was not born in a city where there were nets. Tarsus was inland. There was no lakes in Tarsus. There was no rivers in Tarsus. So how was Paul going to mend a net or cast a net? To come closer home. To come closer home. We call ourselves kingdom people. We are reigning with Christ. But to reign with Christ, we need organization in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives. Before we go to 2018, all of us, I will challenge us, let us have three levels of relationship. Let us decide, these ones will be close to me, while these ones will be a, dis a bit distant, while this group of people will be far till God does what he wants to do. Do not mix everybody together. That is what brings complication for a lot of people. Do not mix everybody together. There is always going to be the immediate people, while there is always going to be the distant people, while there is always going to be far, far, far people you have no idea about. The Bible says when Jesus heard it, he marveled 
and say to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Why is faith connected to authority? Because faith is the one that produces results. But for faith to work, there must be authority. But also for authority to work, there must be what? Order. Many people have great faith, but they have no order. As a result, they cannot produce results. Why don't they have order? It's because they are mixing up everybody. Look at this young girl I was talking about. You meet a man you think you know, but you do not know. Soon there is no order in your life. As a result, all your prayers seem not to be working. There is this man, there is my servant, and there is another. Do not confuse these three. Lastly, as I finish, which is more important than anything I've mentioned, Jesus is authority because everything proceeds from him. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Jesus is authority because everything proceeds from him. Now, some people, listen to me carefully, some people occupy different parts of his body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have no time, that some are the eye, some are the ears, some are the feet, some are the hands. Listen, some people occupy the feet of Jesus, while others occupy the hands while others occupy the ears, while others occupy the mouth. I'm sorry to say, some occupy his heart. John occupied the heart of Jesus, while Peter occupied his hands, because Peter was always producing results. Hands are symbols of action. While Paul occupied the feet, because the feet are for moving and possessing. The fact that John does not seem to be producing results because he is not the hands but is the heart does not mean John is useless. In fact, John was the most highly lifted apostle of all these three. The Bible says in John chapter 13, Jesus loved him with a special love. There are men who are not Peter. They may not have the signs and wonders, but they have intimacy. Be careful with such men. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? They are men who are not dramatic. They do not go for missions. They do not go abroad like some people whom I know. But they have intimacy. They have intimacy. They have intimacy to an extent when they write, the Bible comes to an end. Because when John wrote the book of Revelation, there was nothing else to write. The Bible had come to an end. There goes a man leaning on the chest of Jesus. And sometimes we are in church, Pastor Kimani, and we despise John because John looks lazy. And John does not have a big mouth. And John does not have miracle signs and wonders. We begin to look down on John. Yet, it is this John who will decide whether we come to an end or we do not come to an end. 
There is a geography of, you know, you know this man, you know that man, you know this servant. But there is a geography now that is deeper. A geography of the body, the body of Jesus. And there are people occupying the heartbeat of Jesus. They may not talk about it. They may not lay hands to prove it. They may not travel to prove it. Yet, heaven trembles when they move. Heaven trembles when they cry. Heaven trembles when they pray. I have met a few Johns in my life. And I wish I had known earlier that these ones are in the level of John. I should not mishandle them. Many of us are used to Peter. Many of us, oh, sorry Peter. Many of us are used to Peter. And some just reduce the man of God to hands being laid and prophecies being given. And they forget life is bigger than action. Life is bigger than commotion. Life is bigger than pronouncements. If there is one group of people in a church, I fear with all of my heart, they are John. The John kind of people. The intercessors who never talk. The prayer warriors who never give even a speech. Yet they know 50 things ahead of the year that you have no idea about. When John took his pen to write, Jesus said, I am done talking. John, it is over. One time I met a woman who was very, very proficient. She was a media personality. And I looked at her in the spiritual realm. I saw her sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then a trial came in her life which made her to begin fasting and praying and seeking God. After a while I saw her sitting on the laps of Jesus. And the trial persisted like for a whole year. We thought we would lose her. But the more the trial came, the more she fasted and prayed and sought God. After a while I saw her on the, on the laps of Jesus being carried on his chest. Then the Lord told me, she is not going further than this. She has arrived. Ask your neighbor, where are you? Where are you in the body of Jesus? The Bible says in John 13, one of my favorites, John was leaning on the breast of Jesus while Paul fell at his feet, while Peter stood on his face and resisted him. The Bible says he held him and he began to rebuke him. Look at the book of Matthew chapter 16. I wish I had time. And the Bible says Peter began to hold him and rebuke him and say, Lord, you shall not die. Peter was Mr. Action. Peter was the handman. Paul was the fit man, while John was the heart man. I'm not chasing you from the feet if you are the feet kind of guy. Neither am I telling you run from the hand if you are the hand kind of guy. Neither am I telling you now keep it to the heart if you are the heart guy. I'm only saying there are three geographies in the body of Jesus. When you understand them, you will know how to submit to people accordingly. They may not look like your local pastor, but they have something you need to submit to. Submit to that. I went to a certain meeting uh, a few months ago, and these people are used to drama. 
If you go there saying Jesus is good and you, you give that little slow speech, people, they, they disregard you. And the Lord told me they have been cultivated in the doctrine and in the activity of Peter. They can no longer handle intimacy. Many Christians today despise intimacy. While others are allergic to missions. When they hear there is going out like Paul going out, they begin to withdraw. They begin to get, uh, you know, fearful. Yet, all these three are the fullness of the body of Jesus. Do not despise Paul, even if you are Peter. Do not look down on John, even if you are Paul. All these are bringing a balance to the body. Though, personally, if you ask me, I have a bias. I love John. I love John. Florence, who do you love in, among those three? <laughs> I know you love Richard. but <laughs> Who do you love among those three? Hmm? Ah, John. Wow. Who is for Paul here? Mission guys. Who is for Paul? You love going out. My brother Thomas loves Paul. Who is for Peter here? Drama, action, remix. <laughs> Who is for Peter? You love instant results. Erica, beautiful. And by there, Joe, do you discover one of the person who has brought us so many people is Erica. Makofia Erica. Hey. And Erica knows how to snatch them and bring them and make them get filled with the Holy Spirit and make them get saved though we thought they were saved. She has a net. And she knows how to cast it. People of God, do not despise where you are or who you are. It is beautiful and it completes the body. Only do not overstep. Do not despise those who do not look like you. There are those of you who love to cast nets. You don't love it when we are talking nice to customers. You, you want the results now. You are Peter. Who else is like Peter? There are so many Peters here. Now that I've talked lovingly of John, now everybody wants to be like John. Who else is Peter here? I said there are other Peters. Of course we have Peter here, but the Peter of our scripture. Who else is Peter? You love action. You love results. Yes, Mama. And Mama also has brought us people here. Even she gave a testimony of a nephew she brought. It is always good to have balance. And sometimes it is healthy to have bias. Me, I am John. I love John. I love intimacy. I love being left alone. But I have a friend, and I thank God he said it, who loves to go out. He has done street evangelisms and all these things. My brother Thomas. And he loves just being out there. When he's out there and me, I'm inside, I am not better, neither is he better. We are only different parts of the body. So finally, we want to do ministry this evening. But the Lord is leading us in a different direction, even as we plan to close the year. The Lord is leading us to order. Tell your neighbor, order. The Lord is leading us to order. Order in our personal lives and also order in our environment. 
so that we don't contradict things and confuse things. We are straightforward in the way we do things. The first thing we are going to do about order, even as we minister this evening, is to take a, a SWOT, like to do a review. Who did you bring in who should not have been brought in? Who are you busy bringing inside who should not be brought inside? And who are you putting out who you should tell now you come in, don't be out anymore? And finally, who are you worried about but only God knows where we'll come from and it is not your business to worry about? Some of you young people, the Lord is telling you, concentrate with what you have, not what you don't have. Use the my and the this. Leave another alone. Another belongs to God. God knows I will sort the other. You concentrate on what you have. The complete journey and the complete equation will happen as you trust God. I think so many people have done damages to their own lives because of mixing up the geographies. You brought in things and people you are not to bring in. And it has costed you. Some of you do not know what to do. Some of you have no idea. How do I take action? Now that this is happening, the Lord is here to sort you out. The Bible says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Just send the word. This evening, the Lord is going to send a word. And order is going to come. And 2018, please, Deliverance Church and all those listening, walk in order. Walk under authority. Don't occupy the position you should not occupy. If you are the seat, keep walking. If you are the head, leaning on the breast of Jesus, keep leaning. If you are the hand, keep casting the net. Do not take a position that does not belong to you. Keep to your own position. 